Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of Apples to Giraffes, the podcast that's all about the art of adaptation. My name is Francois Vigneault. I'm a cartoonist based out of Montréal. Uh, hi, I'm Jonas Madden-Connor. I'm also a cartoonist, and I am in Los Angeles. <laughs> and today we're just doing a short bonus episode, and we're going to be talking about the new adaptation of Neil Gaiman's comic, The Sandman. Yeah, the Netflix show. <laughs> it's finally here. <laughs> it's arrived. We've talked about this a little bit on the show, and um, Jonas has watched the whole first season, I think, and he had some some thoughts. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think this is going to be worth doing a bonus episode on. And so I sat down to watch some of the show myself, and now we're going to talk about it. Yeah, so I'm taking that to mean you didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> You've seen through my ruse. Yes, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do all my homework. I failed. Um, I, I watched quite a bit of the show. I, um, but I, I, I'll, I'll start off right from the beginning. I like. I started with, you know, episode one, and within a like a couple minutes of the start of episode one, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like super corny. Like I'm not into it. Like I'm not feeling the vibe. Um, I thought it was like staged really. Um, what's the word like it just was like either it was like slow it was like pretty slow and like really slow yeah and like just not set up right um like sort of anti-cinematic at a lot of points and Mm -hmm. i just was like i don't think i can watch this whole season because it's like there was like 10 or 11 episodes i was like there's tons of shows i love that i really really like and i've never watched the whole the whole show you know like i still have to finish like the second season of um Russian doll, you know, <laughs> like uh-huh. I, I, and and I, lo- I love every episode of that show. Like, I don't know if I can make it through. A, a, so after the first episode, I watched uh, most of the second episode. Then I got then I sort of skipped around. I watched um, sort of in fast forward mode, like several episodes, like because I had a dim memory of the comics and I reread some of the comics to be prepared for this episode. And so I was like, oh, OK, well, I'll do I'll watch the the episode that takes place in the diner. Um, and so I watched most of that, but then I, I got bored and I like the fast forwarded that episode is particularly it. brutal. Yeah. And, and then I, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to watch. And then I, I skipped ahead. Cause you mentioned to me that episode 11 was a bonus episode. So I watched that and I watched all of the short, the short, which was the dream of a thousand cats. Uh-huh. And I started the Calliope episode and I got bored with that. And I stopped watching that one too. And then I yeah. went back and I watched the death episode and I was like, and I was I I toughed it through that episode, but I was getting bored with that one too. So as the listeners can hear, like I obviously I I wasn't sure if I I don't know if I it might be a good adaptation, but I don't know if it's a good piece of media. Well, I went into it expecting to watch one episode and kind of peace out after that. Yeah. Um, but I ended up watching the whole thing. I don't know. It just happened. I just kept it was watching engaging. It. it was engaging enough. It was engaging enough. I did watch some of it or some scenes of it, I put on, um, Netflix has a speed control, and I put them on 1.2x. And <laughs> <laughs> that made it a bit more palatable. But yeah, like you said, it's, I, yeah, I think overall, the whole thing is really slow, like kind of glacially paced. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think part of it is that they are kind of in a mindset where like this show, each episode has to be an hour long, or like, mm-hmm. you know, 40 minutes or whatever. And they, a lot of them really don't need to be especially like you said the diner one is way too long well and even even that episode i noticed that that episode like several of the episodes they i think that they figured out for them that the right 
rate of comics to TV is two episodes equals one hour of television. Or two issues, yeah. Yeah, two issues yeah. equals one hour of television. Yeah, so then I was, was going to say that. Yeah, and I actually, I think, but I understand that there's like a, there's a generic formula to it where unfortunately dramas have to be an hour long, but actually probably this TV show would be better as a half hour episodes. Like that 24 seven, like the 24 seven episodes should just be a half hour, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple minutes for each. Well, we can talk a little bit. I, I think they structurally miffed that whole episode on a lot of levels. And then the uh-huh. confrontation between the two characters could be another episode or the same with the sound of her wings, the death episode, you know, like they, they've spent about 20 minutes doing an issue, which was like introducing the character of death. Yeah. And then they did 40 minutes doing Hob, Galding, and then they jammed those two together. And there's like a hard break between those two storylines and they don't yeah, even, uh, they don't even make it make sense. It's not totally seamless, no. No, and- um, He's kind of so like, oh, I just remember death exists. That means I should go talk to my friend. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, because that, that issue, the 24 seven issue is, one issue and then they made it a full episode instead of two issues per, per that episode. Mm-hmm. Well, but the, the, I think they, they, they gloss over at the end, but like, you know, and I understand, but like, I think that the whole, I was rereading it. And I think the whole issue after that is this big cosmic confrontation between Sandman and Dr. D. Um, yeah. And that's a whole issue. And I think it's only like eight minutes in the TV show or something like that. Yeah. So timing, timing was a little weird overall. Yeah, I think you kind of alluded to this already, but the um, another criticism I have is that it's really, really visually boring for a mm-hmm. show about like the magic of dreams. Like mm-hmm. so much of it is just like like unimaginatively shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, down to the opening credits, which is just the title on clouds. Unbelievable, because they they have Dave McKean credits over the closing credits, right? This of all the shows to ask for an amazing credit sequence, like designed yeah. by Dave McKean, this show should have had the most amazing credit sequence ever. Yeah. And I have a complaint about that too, because the closing credits, even though they're done by Dave McKean, they don't feel like the covers from the comics. Mm-mm. He's like, just, okay, I'll just do something new. <laughs> yeah. They should, they should have an amazing credit sequence that looks like an issue of the comic. Well, I mean, like in all honesty, like they should they should be able to steal from, say, um, Game of Thrones. And, you know, like of all the shows that require like that call for an amazing, fantabulous opening credits, like with that kind of montage collage style that Dave McKean has with the 3D things and everything like and creepy and weird and then going into the different realms and showing you that there's something like that there's hell and the dreaming and all that stuff it's it, you, I like they could really steal directly from Game of Thrones and the, and it would be called a ripoff but it would help in this show it would help you understand like what the heck is going on yeah yeah I could see that I, I just kind of want that like um, collage mm. like grainy film field of, of his stuff you know totally and yeah like the the closing credits are just like too clean or something yeah yeah well i, I mean it doesn't even like it could be any kind of like take the credit sequences from any number of things and you can make it more interesting you know like mm-hmm. it could be uh the credit sequence from seven and it's all about scary creepy things crawling around or what you know like, i mean that's the right that's the right look at least yeah yeah you know, the, it's the, the same night, era. yeah yeah yeah. Also on the opening, for some reason, they have the the most garish WB logo at the start. 
<laughs> it looks like it's like from an old laser disc or something. It's like, why did you stick this ugly freaking logo on here? It, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's a bit weird. Well, I mean, since we're talking about the openings too, I'll just mention that I thought it was a major fail opening with the shots of the dreaming, like being like, welcome to this fantabulous world of nightmares and dreams. And then like, and I was like, I was like, I don't think it was like, yeah, it's been 10, 15, 20 years since I read these comics, you know, but I was like, this is weird. Like, I feel like all this was introduced later in the comic. And then I like, I was like, and I reread it and it's true. I was like, wow, this is, they should have stuck with the way that the comic is, which is it's focused on reality. You start off in like 1919, you start off with people, they're like going to do this magical thing. And then you can like, they try and catch death and they don't catch death, they catch dream. And that's when you're, you're introduced to all of those ideas. And instead yeah. they start off at like a 50,000 feet and show you like never, never land or middle earth or whatever. And then they bring you back to the real world. And I was like, that's not the right direction for um, a story, yeah. a story of fantasy that interlinks with reality. You start with reality and then you introduce the fantastic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, I think part of the, issue part of the reason they did that and i think it's ultimately a mistake is that they decided that the corinthian was going to be the big villain for the first arc uh. and so they had to they had to set him up at the beginning so they started with the corinthian having escaped already and dream is trying to get him back when he gets captured uh. and then they have uh, after dream is captured they have the corinthian show up at the house and be like let me tell you all about that guy that you've captured yeah which is which i thought was so clumsy and weird and i, I was you know i was look, thinking like you know these are like these sorcerers like looking this stuff up in old books like they should just find this information in an old book and i looked at the comic yeah. and that's exactly what they do they find it exactly i had the same experience as you did i thought that that was super corny and weird and also like made I mean, it's also weird. There's some great actors in this this thing, you know, like what that's Charles Dance is the yeah. yeah. What an amazing actor. And they make him so feeble and pathetic. Like, like he's just a loser right from the beginning. Like it's really weird. Yeah. I was gonna call him out as one of the best castings in it, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um, I mean, you get like immediately who the guy is supposed to be just from his yeah. casting. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, like you said, the the Corinthians showing up and telling him what what's going on kind of like kneecaps him a bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the casting does a lot of the heavy lifting there. And well, I I forget what his name is now, but um, I love the actor who plays John D. Also, that was he was also on my list to call out David Thewlis. Yeah, from Fargo. I think he's so creepy. I hate him. <laughs> There's a new <laughs> show with him on HBO that uh, has him on it, and I um, it's called the. Gardeners or something like that, landscapers okay. maybe. And I was like, I don't want to watch that. He's in it. He's going to gross me out in every scene. <laughs> something about the way he talks or his teeth or something. I don't know. He, he, yeah, he, he's uh, great casting for for John. Yeah, D. he he did a good job. I thought he was very good in, in the role. Yeah. Um, and then the other great bit of casting I thought was um, Stephen Fry as um, what's he called Fiddler's Green, the Dream. Oh, I never saw any scenes with him, but that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like a good Yeah, he's, he's perfect. Um, they also kind of mess up his character, though, mm. in a weird way, because so in the comic, he um, is there as, what is the character's name? Rose? Yeah, that sounds right. He's there to be her protector, and he saves her from like some muggers. But this is, uh, you know, 2022, so she saves herself, and he just kind of stands there and is like, oh, you don't need any help. 
And then he just hangs out with her after that. <laughs> and then, you know, Dream doesn't come get him. He sees the Corinthian is like, oh shit. And he goes back to Dream on his own. Mm. So it's just kind of weird. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Why, why is he even in this? Mm-hmm. There's some other stuff where they're like really faithful to the comic to the point where it's like, why is this even in here? Like, I mean, and part of it is like there maybe that's like helps set up stuff that stuff up for when they do like season two or whatever. But like Cain and Abel don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. But they're in there because they're in the comic. And then they, you know, they have Goldie the gargoyle who like the design is like exactly what it was in the comic. But like, you know, the, why do we have all these scenes with Goldie? Like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, they they lift like full dialogue directly from the comic like unchanged oh yeah when when i was watching the 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 death episode the death and hobgolding episode i had the comic in, in front of me and that was like a you could just it was just like an audiobook or whatever you know like uh-huh. it was just everything was like straight out from from it you know yeah since you mentioned that i'll say that that is i feel like is far and away the best episode mm-hmm. which is why i was like you, you should at least watch that one for sure mm-hmm. um they do, this is, and I think maybe it's one of the better tricks of adaptation that they do in it, is putting those two issues together when they're not together in the comic. There, There's some... There's a couple of issues. It's like an arc. But... Yeah. The Hob story is like, it's like after the second arc is complete, maybe. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. But they stick it here, and it's, it's kind of cool to see those two things go together, even though they're not totally smoothly transitioned. Mm-hmm. They could have even just done like, like the Calliope Dream of Cats episode, just done a title and been like, "This is a separate story here." Yeah, I mean, I think if you, I think if you broke it up into thirty, two thirty-minute episodes, it would have been with they each have their own little special arc. It would have been great. Yeah, but I, there's, there's, I feel like it gains something by putting them together. Mm-hmm. The death part I thought was pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just like it, it was it's just like like I said, like glacially paced. She's boring hop- now. I feel like yeah. it's kind of it's kind of weird. I think I think that they made death dull in a weird, uh-huh. like, and I was like, and I understand like because like when you read those early comics, like the reason it works is because like people's understanding of stuff was like pretty simplistic back in 1989 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was like, whoa, death is a manic pixie dream girl crazy you know like it's a crazy it was a crazy concept it's not going to be as crazy anymore but i i found the i found the their interpretation of death to be just like she's just boring she's just like she's like nice which death has always been nice you know but like like it it missed some stuff you know and like 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 i said i was like looking at the episode while i like while i was listening to it and like so much Mm -hmm. of the dialogues lifted directly out of it but then like funny little things like when death in the comics like super califragilistic espialidocious you know and like she gets all into yeah. them, like like you know um dick van dyke and like all oh, that's it's it's funny you know it's like funny and also i think like I, I i don't know if this is just my interpretation but i always interpreted death in the comic as being american she seems like an american character like she's like uh you know and it like i think that that first episode of in the comic it takes place in in the united states it's like in new york like they're but they're in like washington square park or whatever and i always yeah. just thought of her as being like a punk girl you know like a punk girl that you would meet in in or whatever um well, God, whereas the, yeah 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 whereas they're she's their like susie of, yeah susie Shih Tzu or whatever you know and yeah. i mean like 
I also thought like th- this is gonna sound bad because it sounds bad, but I I do question the switch the race switching like mm-hmm. of that character. Um, I don't I like and I I didn't watch the episodes with it, but I I see no reason why so many other characters can't have any number of things switched. Lucien to Lucien, I don't like great, no worries, does like doesn't bother me in the least. Um, I know that Rose is like switched to a different character, like mm-hmm. so many characters I don't care about, like and they work great, like they're they're good. Um, the only ones I do think like it's it feels weird, like it's just like this just feels weird. It's like 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 it feels like death and dream and all the other endless should look like biological like really biological siblings they're like a family you know like there's a and like the look of death is so iconic i think it's like one of the most iconic character looks in the last 30 40 years or something like that and it was like Uh i didn't feel like they gained anything by switching it up yeah it didn't bother me i mean i get what you're saying i guess the rest of the endless we don't see a lot of the rest of them in this first season And so maybe they're a cool, a cool multiracial adopted family or whatever. Yeah, I I will say the casting on um, uh, despair I didn't like. I you know I I think we could it's an opportunity not to cast a fat person as as despair. Mm, I didn't I didn't I didn't see her in the, the I didn't yeah. watch a, the episodes with her in it. Yeah, like um, uh, why not delirium as a fat person or something? You know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, skinny people get depressed too. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, she could be she could be really skinny, you know, like uh yeah, she could be anorexic, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that felt like a maybe a stereotype that maybe could be updated. Well, I love I love your because the the my first thought is I would be like, well, it's I always thought it was good that there was at least one person in the family that was fat, you know? Like mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, but it is like it is weird that it's like the person who represents like sorrow and being miserable or whatever. I think yeah. it would be, I mean, it's another stereotype in a way, but like I think you're right. Like uh like a super plump delirium would be great. Like great, yeah. great, 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 great. Like I would have been like 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 but styled exactly the same way with the rainbow hair and the fishnets and all that stuff. But like yeah, you know, um odds like like a, I don't know, a little bit of a, like a, yeah, that would be awesome. So I, I would. Or, or desire, you know, like maybe like, you know, fat people were once super hot. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the popular consciousness. So, you yep, know, yep, yep. yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're, you're right. Like if you're going to, if you are going to change certain things, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. I don't know. Like there's something about, like, there's something about, I always like those like they would do pinups or something and it'd be like a little family portrait or something. And I always just uh-huh. thought it was cool that they looked like a family. They were like all a dis- pale. Yeah. yeah like I don't this- think destruction is, right? No, he's like kind of ruddy. There's like, there's yeah. like, they have like a redheaded element in their, in their family also or whatever. And like, dr- like dream is different than death. I mean, this is getting into the nitpicky things about color or whatever, but like <laughs> dream is white in the, like white, white in the, comic and like and death is like a person like a human being in the comic here or whatever Uh you know um well speaking of which i think that um he's fine in his way but i thought that the actor who plays dream it's a little bit stiff and boring and i think that the look is bad like i miss the otherworldliness and he just looks like a dude and i understand it's expensive to make somebody look like a a white pale creature or something all the time but um I don't know. He looks like a like a real like a like a sexy male model with like you know he's he's got nice abs and like pursed lips and things like that. It wasn't the it wasn't doing it for me. I, I guess it, when I saw the trailers, I, I didn't like him, but 
I watching the show, I thought he was ultimately fine. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't bug me too much. Part of it is that like the way his character is, it, the character is by its nature really boring for a long time. So yeah, so it's not his fault. Oh, I realized I didn't finish what I was going to say about the um, Hob episode. No, I was going to say they do an interesting thing because they decide not to, you know, in the comic, he gets released from his imprisonment, like in 89 or whatever, but they decided to make it the present, the current present day. Yep. Which means that, you know, he and Hob meet up every hundred years, which means that he misses one of his meetings, which lends a cool kind of gravitas because before that last meeting, they had like a fight. Yep. Yeah. So he misses a meeting and then, and then he's like, oh no, we're not friends anymore. And then when he shows up, I, I was actually like a little bit affected. I was like, oh, he showed up. They're friends. Yay. And, uh, I have to say the exact same thing. I was, I was a little concerned about it. And I was like, how are they going to manage this little adaptation? And like, couldn't they have done this in a better way? And then I was like, wow, they wrote like a great little line where he's like, I'm sorry to keep a friend waiting. And I was like, it's, it's they, the same line in the comic. Oh, is it? Okay. But it, yeah, but it works. It works better. It works here even better. Yeah. It. yeah. Ah, that, yeah. So they, they did a really good job. I was like, this is cool. Like, I, I, yeah. I thought that they I thought that they managed that really well. Mm-hmm. Overall, like that that episode's pretty cool. You know, like like I said, I would refer, I would prefer them to be two separate episodes, and I think that they could be two two better episodes. But like, if they were they're split in apart, but I and back to back, but um. Yeah. I thought it, the, you know, it's cool. Like, and Hobgolding is a great character. They manage him really well. I thought the casting was pretty good. Yeah. 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 I thought that, that was the episode where I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is working. And then when it got into the next arc, I was like, oh, okay, this is maybe back to where it was. Yeah. I was going to say another casting thing that they did, they changed John Constantine to Johanna Constantine, mm-hmm. which is fine, except that John Constantine is, he's like a slob and a mess. Mm-hmm. He's unshaved, mm-hmm. unshowered. And this Johanna, Johanna she was like put together. Mm-hmm. She was like wearing expensive clothes and like, you know, had her shit together. So like that I thought was a weird thing. Like if they're going to flip the gender, like she should be like Jessica Jones or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100, I'm, I'm 100% on board. And then also it creates like a very weird, I, I don't even remember what the reasoning is, but it creates a very weird... Um, sort of temporal time loop sort of thing where like joanna constantine also because she that's yeah Yeah. and that's the character like is it the same character yeah and it's not the same character but it's but it's confusing yeah yeah and but it's weird and so i don't even know if it's the same character maybe it is i don't know i probably don't care but um i agree with you that like We've never seen uh, like a proper schlubby John Constantine on the screen. And I understand if like the DC are trying to like, they're trying to always be doing John Constantine some way or another. And so he's like some piece of IP that they don't want to lose to the Sandman. But like, I agree with you, like a a schlubby female version of him would be great. That would be awesome Mm -hmm. too. Oh, I just was going to say, what'd you think of the bonus episode? I thought it was fine. I thought it was cool that the catch one was the animated. The Calliope one was super slow. I think I fell asleep during it. <laughs> yeah, it, I guess that one that one didn't work for me. Yeah, I thought it was cool that they dropped it as a bonus. Yeah, because they had the whole season come out, and then they're like a few days later, they were like, "Here's more." It's a, a cool marketing cool. trick. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of felt like it pointed to a future that I thought might be more interesting for the show, which is 
if they do more of these one-off little short stories, like those were almost always like my favorite things in the Sandman, like rather than the, um, you know, my favorite collections are usually the short story collections rather than mm -hmm. like a, you know, a big arc or something like that. And I, I think if they can manage to do shorter stories and do them stylistically differently with like interesting casts and stuff like that, I think then, mm -hmm. then they really might be onto something and they could get something cool. I don't know if I trust them to be able to do that, but I think that that would be that's a really cool direction. I hope that they pick up on that. And I was I was glad that to see that they gave us a little a hint of what might be to come. So you would prefer it just to be like an anthology show with different style on everyone. I mean, I don't mind if there's occasionally like a a two episode or three episode arc in the middle of it, but I think that. And I want, I would li like, I, I think San the Sandman original comic series was really cool in that it builds up to something really big over a bunch of short stories. Mm -hmm. But, and so I'm not opposed to, you know, like seeing like, you know, I'm sure like, um, well, I'm not sure. I was about to say, I'm sure that, um, what is it called? Uh, the Season of Mists is that, is the episode, is this the, is a cool storyline where um, the Sandman gains the key to hell. And you have all kinds of cool stuff with Lucifer and stuff. And I, I was about to say, I'm sure that's going to be really cool. But then I was like, remembering the hell episode, which was boring. Um, yeah. And hell was, didn't look interesting. No, hell, like, I, hell was not interesting. It looked like a boring scene out of Mordor or something like that. I missed a lot of the quirky weirdness that was in the comic. Also, I have to say, I mean, I like, I like Brienne of Tarth, but... Gwendolyn um, Christie. She is weirdly miscast in this role i don't get it like uh, i can think of a but a million different actors who would be more fun in the role um actors and actresses you know like and i didn't i didn't feel it i wasn't feeling the 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 delight delighted majesty or whatever i thought she was fine she had a terrible wig on <laughs> i mean yeah it's like the perfect person to cast is david bowie but you know you can't so uh-huh what, what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah i mean i i like that it's like he's androgynous but like male female androgynous instead of like female male androgynous yeah. kind of you yeah. know what i mean i think that's interesting well you know like i mean just off the top of my head i would have preferred um i'm forgetting her real name but i would have preferred cersei lannister in the role oh okay yeah so i think she would have chewed it up right you know, she would yeah. have chewed it up and like uh been been fantastic and i'm sure that it would be she could do a great androgynous role and it would be really cool another thing i was going to say is that you know sandman ultimately it's like it's a horror comic mm -hmm. it's not scary and enough, this huh? never felt like horror yeah yeah even like i remember when i first read that diner issue it's messed up and it kind of like you know turning my stomach yep and this never did that it was just kind of like a slog to get through yeah and like the stuff with like you know when they go to get the bag of sand and it's like john constantine's like old girlfriend is like lost in dreams with that that that, all, that stuff is all like pretty gross horror stuff yeah that it's just pretty boring yeah yeah i was noticing the same thing I, I, especially in the 24 7 episode like all the people die but not and like even in the same ways but it like none of it's filmed in a horror way where you can tell that uh neil gaiman and mike dringenberg were trying to bring a horror movie to the page you know and um but that that's a that's a tricky thing too because the series changes registers all over the place like the comic book series and i wonder if the showrunners are worried that the audience isn't ready to go along with 
that. But I think that the audience is ready to go along with that sort of stuff, right? Like if you think about Black Mirror or um, Love, Sex and Robots or, or you know, all those, you know, Love, Death and Robots, things like that. Like, I think people are ready to like have, to see things go in different directions, you know, and like go through like, I don't know, you just put the warning at the beginning and you're like, trigger warning, this is a horror yeah. episode, you know, like everyone kills themselves in this episode. It's not fun. But yeah, it's I I I felt like it wasn't scary very much at all. And I would like it to be, I would have liked it to be more scary often. Another thing I just wanted to mention was they have to do some kind of funny stuff about because originally when the comic started, it was part of the main DC continuity. Mm -hmm where like Martian Manhunter and like Mr. Miracle are in some of the issues. Um, so they have to do a little bit of like disentangling stuff with that. And like, uh, you know, John D is a, he's a Justice League villain and he escapes from Arkham Asylum in the comic. Yeah. And then the woman who is Rose's friend, Lita Hall, is like originally, I think like Wonder Woman's daughter or something like that. Yeah, she's like in just, the, yeah, like the, justice society or something like that yeah they're like there's like comp and like yeah there's a bunch of like little links and stuff in it well actually i mean yeah. that brings up something too which is originally when i imagined a an adaptation of the sandman i never thought it would be it would start off with the very first story for whatever oh, really? reason yeah i and i think it's just because i i i feel like the the sandman really hits its stride later on and i I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe that's insane. But I, I always just pictured it as starting somewhere else. Like maybe with maybe with a season of mist or something like that. But I maybe that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Probably that doesn't make any sense. But in my mind, I didn't necessarily. It's like I think when I would when someone was like, oh, I, I've heard about this comic, The Sandman, uh -huh. and they'd be like, I want to read it. I'd be like, well, don't start with the first trade paperback. Oh, you really? know, I yeah, I would usually be like, don't start with the first trade paperback. Start with like this book of the short i guess i'm betraying myself again i would be like start yeah. with this book of short stories this is this is cool you're gonna dig this and then when you see what you like then you can go back and uh and watch more stuff or whatever i guess like but the first the the way it starts like sets up i mean it like kicks off all these consequences because of like you know he was in prison for 100 years or whatever it gives him um, something to do too he's a hero and yeah. he has a quest yeah. and everything yeah and it so, he has human characters to interact with and probably it's for the best yeah it's like it there's something that is like not interesting if it's all if the, if everything is taking place in dreams it's like it's like not concrete or something yeah well looking forward they haven't i don't think that they've um greenlit a season two of this yet but okay. um if they if the, if they number one do you think they should and number two if they do what do you have any stories or, or things you or characters you'd be looking forward to seeing in the future? I mean, my guess is that they'll probably just do the next two arcs, which are like, I think Season of Mist is next. And then is it a Game, Game of, of you? you? Yeah. Which I don't remember what happened in that one. Or or was Game of You the one they just did? I can't remember. No, the it's um, Doll's House is the, uh, is the okay. second half of the season. I think, um, I mean, the stuff that jumps out, I mean, it's been a long time since I've read a bunch of it. Same here. The stuff that I, I mean, one that jumps out for that I would kind of like to see is the one of Prez, mm -hmm. the 18 year old teen president. Mm -hmm. And the happy face, the evil happy yeah. face. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that one's kind of weird because Dream is barely in it. And then they could, you know, there's the Midsummer Night's Dream one. Mm -hmm. I could see that, you know, that's a easy to do standalone 
story. Um, and then it pays off the, you know, they set up Shakespeare already in the Hob episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if they do, if they continue to do the same amount of content per season, I think it would end up being like four seasons. To do I, the whole show, yeah. Yeah, to do the whole series. You know, who knows if they'll do that. Netflix cancels things after two seasons all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, I will probably watch more. Like, I I, I, I kind of feel like in the end, my verdict is that the good kind of slightly outweighed the bad for me. I ended up watching it all. And I was like weirdly intrigued, even as I was bored. So yeah. I don't know what that says exactly. Yeah, that sounds about that sounds about right. I think like you... Like if the if the show keeps on going, there's no, there's no way that I'll be like watching this every week or like binging it and watching like like I just I I'm not interested enough to watch ten hours of it at a time. But yeah. I bet like if you were if I were to find out that like season two had like the Midsummer Night's Dream episode, I'd be like, cool, I'm in. Like that's a great episode. Yeah. That's a great piece of fiction. If they're like, oh, they did the um the story of the dream of Baghdad, um, and I'd be like, yeah, totally. That was a great episode. I like want to watch that episode. Um, and then if they really get towards the end, then I'll probably loop back in towards the end. Cause I do like, I do really remember that um, uh, like in the kindly ones and in the wake and stuff like where it's um, you know, it's getting into the end game for the universe. I remember I was like, this is cool. Like there's so many pieces that are paying off by the end in the comic that it like, I feel like the comic ends really well. And so if I find out that there's like a final season of, of, you know, if Sandman's been really popular and there's a final season, I'll be like, okay, I, I, I'll definitely be checking out some of the other things, you know? Um, right. It's not, I think it's great. Like the show's great for fans of the show, of the book in some ways, right? Because you're going to get some, something that you love in probably every little bit. It's just that for me, it didn't gel as a, a whole. Right. And they clearly like don't change things just to change them. There's some like thought that goes into it. Yeah. Like, for instance, another thing that they change is in the second arc, they, um, um, do you remember when the, the Jed, the little boy who has the nightmares living in his head, there's like the ghost of the other guy that they, they told he's the Sandman and he's also yes. in Jed's head. Yes. They have that as a separate thing. Jed just, Jed just has a nightmare living in his head. Mm -hmm. And there's, and then there's the other guy who's the ghost who's like trying to hang around and live in dreams. And that's the separate, and that makes more sense. It like simplifies it a bit. It just like, cleaned it up, yeah. Yeah, or it's just like, why are these? Why are these things all in one person head? In one person head. <laughs> yeah. So there's intention behind it. It's not just like egos or like someone thinks something will be cool. Much cool. They they think they think they know what's cool more than. Neil Gaiman did, you know? Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. Well, he seems he seems uh, hyper involved in the in the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. And 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 uh, the other thing I would look forward to, I would look for I'm looking I, like I'll definitely be intrigued like when they cast the different members of the endless and stuff like that, I'll be like, "Cool, like I want to know. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see who they all who they all are and some other little characters and things like that." Yeah. And then I'll just mention as an aside, two things I would uh, at least 90s me would pay dearly to have even much more so than um, a Sandman adaptation. I would love to see an adaptation of Death, The High Cost of Living, which was one of my favorite comics when I was a kid uh, or like uh -huh. a teen or whatever, um, which may say a lot about me and my like romantic uh, ideals or whatever and things like that. But um, I love that comic a lot. And I think that that could be a great 
movie or an episode of the Sandman or whatever. And um, and then finally, I've mentioned this before, but to me, the number one sleeper in all this, no pun intended, is um, Sandman Mystery Theater, which is the spinoff series, which is all about crime fighter Wesley Dodds in the 1930s. Yeah. To me, that is the jam. It would be the coolest TV show and would be so cheap to make and has so much good material in it. Um, I think that that could be such a cool show, um, like a really dark, scary serial killer slash superhero thing, but basically about very good people. It would be really cool. They missed a chance to uh, set it up in this show because they, you know, they show like all of the um, different people being affected by him being imprisoned. Yep. And in the comic, one of those is, is Wesley Dodge is like. Oh, I shall like put on this gas mask and go fight crime. Yeah, and they didn't even have to do that. They just had to show a guy with the ga- the the round glasses or something, and the fans would have been like, "That's Wesley Dodds, yo." <laughs> yeah, the 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 Dodds heads. Did they introduce the books of magic? Did that did that originate in Sandman? No, it was its own little thing, which is funny. Would be a great series, except that everyone would be like, "Oh, this is a ripoff of Harry Potter," even though it predates it. <laughs> Yeah, he, he looks exactly like Harry Potter, right? <laughs> What's true, his name? But... Like Tim Tim something? Tim Hunter. Tim Hunter. Tim Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just was about to say, I like talking about these other shows. It made me realize that like what this is a a thought I had while I was watching the show. Is I think when I started the show, for whatever reason, I thought it was gonna be like an elite level show where it was gonna be like um prestige cinema in the same way that theoretically those vertical comics were prestige comics or whatever or whatever and instead i think that the level that sandman is is it's a pretty good comic book tv show which uh-huh. to me is like not the level i was expecting i was expecting something a little bit more like fine art out of it or a higher lit like a higher literature and instead it's just like a kind of like i don't know it's like watching teen titans or well, like or star girl or so i don't know i haven't watched these shows but like um right it like it didn't seem like or you know or or to take one that I know people like the Flash or something like that you know like and it didn't seem like it was rising above that level and to me I'm like well why does Sandman exist if it's just on the level of the Flash? Yeah, I think if it were going to rise above, it would have to be on a different service than Netflix. Mm-hmm. I yeah, Netflix. Uh, there was an article about it was called something like why do Netflix shows all look the same? Mm. Uh, and it was interesting because Netflix is like when you are making a show they're they're like these are the three cameras you can use Mm. and you have to choose from those three cameras and (laughs) you know and your budget is like really limited and and stuff like that so it's like if we're going to rise above it would have to be on like hbo or or Mm -hmm. you know who knows what's going to happen hbo now with um the discovery stuff yeah it would have to be on a more prestige network Mm -hmm. not one that's trying to like pinch every penny Mm -hmm. well I think that that basically wraps it up for the Sandman. I would say that if you're a fan of the Sandman, definitely check out the show. Like for sure. Like you should not miss it because you're going to get something out of it. Um, Me, I would have a hard time recommending it to someone who's not a fan of the show. I would not be like, you're going to have fun. Yeah. I do wonder if anyone is watching it who hasn't read the comics and what they think of it, you know, if Mm -hmm. they're like into it and like, yeah, I'm never going to read the comic, but I love the show that that would be really weird to me. Yeah. 
Um, well, my partner was, she saw the trailer for it on Netflix and she was like, oh, that looks cool. Like, so I think that there's the potential like in the audience now. She's not like, not she doesn't read comic books. She doesn't care. And she didn't yeah. know what it was. And I was like, oh, it's based, it's like a thing. I'm interested in watching it. But I ended up watching it like one night when she was out. And then I like watched one episode and she is, she has like, way less of an attention span for this kind of stuff than i do so she was i was like she'll never want to watch this show forget it uh -huh. it's like she's gonna be way too bored from like yeah. minute one she'll be on her phone yeah. you gotta you gotta pump up that speed slider I, I like that concept that's a crazy <laughs> insane idea and i that's, uh, that's it's it's not an option on the on the apple tv but it was on, i noticed it was on the ipad that's and I was really funny watching the ipad i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get through this scene this is a really boring scene. does it make uh does it make us the sandman actor's voice just a little bit less deep no it doesn't it doesn't change the pitch oh okay nice yeah oh, that's, that's impressive it's new technology i yeah. thought I, I will say i thought that that guy has a pretty impressively deep voice for for a skinny a skinny lanky gentleman i was like he's good he's uh -huh. got it he's got a, a i can kind of imagine his voice in black um black in the black room. Black drippy speech balloons. Drip, drippy, gotta be drippy. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, um, best of luck to Neil Gaiman and the showrunners of this show and all the actors. It's really a lot of hard work to put together something like this. I know I kind of nagged it a little bit. It's just that I I didn't like it and I want to give my honest opinion. But it's tough to make anything. So um, they did good. Also, I would recommend that people check out the original comic book series. I haven't read it in a long time, but it was. Uh, it rocked my world back in when I was 18, 19 years old. Yeah, I guess I, I'll just say also, I was, you know, I was rereading the comic and I remember being like, kind of like really, really into it back in the day. And it's still good, but there was like some cartooning stuff in it that I was like, oh, this is like really clumsily done. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know, like those people, you know, they work on like tight deadlines and stuff, but like. They work on tight deadlines, tight budgets, and and then also there's like the your mileage will vary depending on like which artists that you like. That was really hard for me back in the day because I'm very yeah, visual. Changing artists, yeah, yeah, and then there they would be some things that had like a bad, like not a bad artist, but an artist that wasn't my cup of tea. It was hard to read those those mm -hmm. arcs, you know. Yeah, totally. Okay, well, cool, brother. That was our mini episode, which is probably pretty long. Uh, it's about 40 minutes or so, but that, that, okay. I think that's still, that, that's still okay. We'll cut it short now. Okay. Yeah, as always, uh, make sure to, um, to what? To, review, <laughs> to like, subscribe, like, subscribe. review. <laughs> oh, we're even running a review contest kind of thing, right? We should talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, we want to do another mini episode about this length but about uh, Francois' graphic novel, Titan. Another, you know, we're just going to cover all the greats of uh, the graphic novel uh, genre. Yeah. And we're just going to kind of talk about like what it would be like as a movie or a show or whatever. And not a full deep dive, but- Mostly, a, fan, wanna... mostly a casting call. We're going to kind yeah, of both yeah. fan cast it. Do the fan casting and talk about directing and stuff like that. And... But we'll only do this if we get five reviews on Apple Podcasts. We will- refuse to do this yeah <laughs> we're humble we won't but we, we, we won't do it until we get five so if you want to hear an episode where we talk about my comic um give us five um five reviews text reviews because the ratings count less somehow and uh i think it'll be fun and if it's fun we're going to do another one down the line uh for some of jonas's stuff too so i think that'll be really fun too yeah okay well cool. in the meantime uh i've been jonas and I've been Francois. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.